0: Today's program is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin wins more national and international cheese awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, Inside the battle over school food and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: Good evening and welcome to It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. My name is Chris Kuzmi. Uh
3: oh, sorry. Uh, And I'm Rachel Jacobs.
2: (laughs) And uh, we are your co hosts uh, today on your, it used to be weekly, your once weekly journey through all things
1: fermented.
3: Your once in a while journey through all (laughs) things fermented. Hosted on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
1: Ding, ding, ding.
2: She got it right. org. That's
3: right. It's Apple Podcasts also.
2: <laughs> I like it. Nobody cares about them. Very
3: masculine <laughs> about it today.
2: Uh, Mary is not with us today. She is off on a work trip uh, down in Florida. She's still uh, doing that day gig to, uh, to allow us to frolic in this brewing business, uh, which is Thank you, Mary. We love you, and uh, we do miss (laughs) you as co-hosting here. Um, To that regard, a bunch of really fun things are happening here in New York City. Next week is the uh, 12th annual New York City Homebrewers Guild-sponsored Homebrew Alley. 12 competition, uh, Homebrew Alley. Uh, got about 600 entries this year. We spent last weekend kind of sorting them and registering them in. We're holding it at Fifth Hammer Brewing Company. Um, the We have judges and stewards, but I think there's still room to judge and steward. So if you go to homebrewrally.com, uh, you can uh, if you're in the New York City area, we certainly can use your help. Uh, but if not, you just want to support your local homebrew brethren. We're going to have our award ceremony around 6, or six o'clock, I think, uh, at Fifth Hammer Brewing Company. It's grand old time. We'll be had by all uh, some homebrew will be shared and uh, and celebrated with the people who make them.
3: <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty great. Um, another little thing that's happening, there's a Mycology 101 class going on at the uh, Earth Arts, Arts Center in Brooklyn uh, on February 17th, on a Saturday. I think I uh, just have to register on the Facebook page to go there, uh, so just... Search Mycology 101. So if you want to learn how to forage mushrooms, but maybe you shouldn't actually forage mushrooms. Uh, but, you know, just to know the difference between them.
2: Make mycology your ecology.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> and most importantly, what we're here about, I'm very excited about. We are getting close to uh, the 10th annual New York City uh, Craft Beer Week, uh, New York City Beer Week, uh, we now call it, and uh, it is going to take place on starting February twenty third, Friday, February twenty third, running all the way to Sunday, February uh, March fourth. Um, all sorts of really fun things are happening. We're doing a, a smash beer uh, thing with all the guild. We have more breweries in New York City than we have had, uh, I think, since Prohibition. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. that that number is thirty five actually brewing, um, and there's a strong unity amongst all of us. Rising tide, floats all boats. We're supporting each other. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a, one of the many that 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 uh, opened in the last year. And on today's show, we are featuring our friends from Five Borough Brewing Company uh, with with Blake Tomnitz. Yep. Carl Knoop.
4: Hey.
2: <laughs> and Nick Griffin. Hi there. All of Five Borough Brewing Company. Hey.
4: hey. All right.
2: So it's been a long journey for all of us, but we're going to talk all about five boroughs uh, and your journey. And Blake, you've been in, when you are the founder, one of the founders, yep. And and from the beginning of this, so tell us what it was like from concept. What why, why are you doing this crazy thing? There's no money in this. Are, <laughs> you're crazy. A crazy
5: industry. <clears throat> yeah. Um, crazily enough, uh, the concept started back in probably 2011 or so. Uh, As an amateur home brewer up in up in Boston, and. Um, kind of stumbled into a homebrew shop over in Cambridge, Mass., and uh, my head kind of just exploded. Uh, I think I was more so just kind of overwhelmed by, like, the infinite nature of what you could put in beer, what you could do with beer. Uh, so literally walked out of there with a homebrew kit, started brewing in my dorm room uh, with my roommates. We got all our equipment confiscated, so we started going out to kind of a a nano-brewery-esque setup out in Natick, Mass called Barley Corns and kept on brewing and brewing and brewing. My my parents showed up at the the end of my senior year to move me out, and I think we're somewhat horrified at the amount of beer (laughs) uh, in our dorm room. But that was really what it was. I I was was interning in the city at the time, and I I think there was always kind of this this question of, of... um, what was New York City's beer? And kind of ha- creating this kind of holistic concept of it didn't matter what borough you were from or what neighborhood you were from, uh, kind of creating a, a concept that all New Yorkers could get around. Um, so really started full-time on it, I want to say, in, in 2014 uh, with my co-founder, Kevin O'Donnell, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Mutual friends with Carl Knup over here, uh, who has a very storied experience mm-hmm. in, in the New York City craft beer scene, uh, who then introduced us to Nick, and we kind of had a traveling homebrew set up, kind of a more beer 15-gallon system. We were up in the mod- yeah, up in the Bronx and in Haven out at Carl's Place and the Rockaways, and kind of were just lugging this homebrew kettle around New York City. Uh, eventually, found a spot down in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, uh, about 15,000 square feet, Um huge ceilings and we're kind of just overwhelmed by it and said, Hey, look, if we, if this is what, you know, we really want to do and make sure we can produce enough beer to reach kind of all corners of the five bureaus, uh, This is the spot to do it. Started construction, signed the lease in July of 2015, started construction, probably November, December took about a year, year and a half to do construction. And, pretty much what we you know call a wet run of our entire system and sure. then launched uh, the first week of August. So it's been a crazy we're coming up on 6 months or so. I think we're there right now. So it's a little, it's been crazy.
2: It's <laughs> pretty pretty amazing to yeah. have gotten through it and I, I love the uh I love the concept from the beginning too. I mean, your your one of your taglines is "United by Beer." Absolutely. Uh, and you know, when we when we first spoke, pretty much almost a year ago, last year or uh, when we got real intense about it after the, <laughs> after the opening bash at yeah. the Diamond, but uh, uh, and Coleman about, Hawkins and Coleman Hawkins, <laughs> yeah, avid jazz fan over here uh, to, to my heart. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, uniting the boroughs by by a single beer. Absolutely, I think, and I, I dig that. And but it's not just. The beer, uniting, it's the people, are surrounding it, and so I really dig and appreciate that. Yeah, um, and you certainly have a, a great big tab room with what you do, and a lot of room to expand. So you have yeah. fifty thousand square feet, but how much of that are you utilizing
5: right now? I mean, well, the tap room is kind of fully utilized just because we built that entire space out. Uh, the storage area, the tap room is about twenty five hundred <coughs> square feet. Uh, storage area and offices about twenty five hundred square feet. We will have full scale lab in there too, which Nick can elaborate on. Um, and then we've got about ten thousand square feet of production, and I would say you know between the brew house and Kind of the current fermenter setup we're only really utilizing maybe like half of it give or take you know so it's we've getting got smaller
4: pretty fast yeah, it <laughs> it's getting, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> and, um yeah and you guys have uh now at this point you have a farm brewery license and a and regular production yeah it's a combo a
5: really exciting we just got our combined craft manufacturing license so <laughs> we had done some farm beers prior uh, did a nice Rogan beer for for New York Rye Week. Uh, we did a collaboration with Strong Jason from Strong Rope, um, mm-hmm. great guy. Um, so now this not only gives us the ability to keep on doing kind of awesome New York State farm beers, but we can also expand into cider and spirits and wine in our tap room too. So that's something we're thinking that's
2: about. Pretty, pretty fantastic yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so your first runs, uh, did they? Did your first beers go out to the people?
5: Uh, here and there, you know, I think it was a lot of iteration, down quite it, yeah. a bit of iteration. I think it was mostly kind of, you know, filling up growlers, you know, filling up bottles and, and sampling our friends and our family on them getting feedback. Um, kind of the way we thought about our product portfolio, and Nick can kind of dive into this, is uh, we wanted to really set it up where it's like, you know, had our core year-round beers Uh, mm-hmm. you know, didn't matter whether this is your first beer or, you know, you're kind of the master beer drinker, you could drink them and then kind of work our way up and make sure we really had like, I guess, you know, different different beers for different people on the, you know, whatever they want to drink, you know, kind of on that consumer pyramid, so to speak. Um, so, you know, we have our, our core IPA, uh, our core Pilsner, uh, our Goza, our Kettle Sour, and then we've got a Hoppy Lager, which is kind of that like IPL title. I love that yeah. Hoppy Lager, man. I brought,
2: <laughs> I brought that up just to, uh, to, I feel like, uh, what you're making is exactly, what you said it's very, it's very deliberate and, you, and you're, and what you're presenting to the people is very deliberate. You're taking mm-hmm. the care and you're not letting anything go by that, that is, is missing the mark on any concept to class situation. And as a fellow brewer I, I, and consumer, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, uh, Carl, how long have you been with the project? Uh, so,
4: oh man, I started in October of 2015, and it seems just like yesterday. Um, but it also except, seems except like hundred years November ago. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thing, things happen real fast. Um, it's amazing when you're involved in a project just. Um, how fast it goes by. Uh, the day to day struggles make it seem like an, an eternity, mm-hmm. um, but it, it happens in the flash of an eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we were th- we were there in the trenches, literally, figuratively, and literally yeah. in the trenches. Yeah. And uh, it um, it's something that it, it's great to look back and knowing you've been there and never want to go back. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm so glad to be out of the trenches. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Speaking of been there, you, uh, you have a significant uh, place in the Wayback Machine for New York City Brewing. Uh, what's some of your background?
4: Well, I, I, you know, I started at, um, at Brooklyn Brewery in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up there on a Friday night while exploring Williamsburg, and literally there was a sign on the wall that said, uh tour guide wanted and the person <laughs> I was with she was like you know you should take that job and uh, applied for the job and about a month later got a got a, a position giving tours and tending bar mm-hmm. and you know they, they couldn't get get rid of me I was there <laughs> every, you know even when I didn't need to be there I was there yeah. uh, mostly just uh, tasting beer and, and uh, uh, it was very new to me and I think it was new to a lot of people back there um, I had traveled to the west coast got a real taste for craft beer and was actually discouraged when I came back east when I couldn't I was like I'm gonna go back to drinking macros and uh, you know Sam was a big deal back then Mm -hmm. Um, and I I seeked it out I I I really wanted to get into the scene started from from I was pond scum as they (laughs) say start from the pond scum and work your way up and um, it's been a wild ride it's been it's incredible to to look back and when I started in two thousand three there were two breweries producing beer. Right, yeah, um, so. it was Brooklyn and Six Point, brand new, mm-hmm. um, and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yep. and um, very very slim competition. We we thought we had the the market cornered. It was it was a uh, it was a challenge to to ra- wrestle away. A little slice of the beer market for craft. I know. Right? And, uh, and now it's grown into this amazing giant. Um, and New York is b- becoming uh, a destination for, for uh, craft beer drinkers, not only in the country, but around the world. When I was with Brooklyn, uh, we sold about um, half of our uh, capacity overseas. Yeah. And the Swedish market loves New York. They love Brooklyn you are talking um, about kind of sweet
2: people, sweeters. Yeah, sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of sweet.
4: sweeter. I'll be so. here all week. Well, every other week. <laughs> uh, but they would talk about how people were coming to, to New York to try the, the not only you know the, the food scene in New York's been been a thing forever, but mm-hmm. craft beer was becoming a reason to visit the five boroughs. A, a dynamic um, um, industry that was new. And uh, it used to be people thought the European beer scene was the hotbed of innovation and, and flavor and quality. And now it's kind of reversed. Uh, mm-hmm. People are coming from Europe to, to the U.S. to try all these new and exciting flavors. And uh, it's kind of been cool to see it yeah. blossom over the years. Yeah, yeah, And to be a part of it.
6: Yeah, and I mean, I think that even when you look at the United States. New York City right now is probably one of the better places to come and be a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, as Carl was saying, I think one of the things that makes New York City unique is that we're not only doing these more innovative styles, but also a lot of the craft breweries in New York City are also producing really traditional European styles yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially as New Yorkers, we kind of have to run the gamut of, of everything to fit everybody's uh, wants because everybody yeah. has all these this taste. Totally. Nick, where are you coming from?
6: Um, so I got my start in beer at Southern Tier Brewing Company. Okay. Uh, I started there working in their quality control lab. I was there for a couple years and then uh, got dragged to New York City by my girlfriend at the time um, and landed in the Bronx with Damien. Yeah. Uh, Damien of of Bronx. Damien of the Bronx Brewery. Yep. And I was the lead brewer there for a little while. That's where I met Carl. And then, um, you know, Carl left and a little bit down the road. uh, I found out about five boroughs and, you know, met the team and you know, got to see the space and it was like, wow, this is just a unbelievable opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and joined them not soon after that.
2: It's fantastic. I love I love what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna take a really quick break. Uh, we'll be back with the men about it. <laughs>
0: Made by master cheesemaker Chris Raleigh. I think of Ross Grand Cru Sierchua, which was named 2016's World Championship cheese, and Sitari's Black Pepper Bella Vitano, the 2017 US Championship cheese. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese. With lush grasslands and a glacial water supply that produce the very best milk, fourth generation cheesemakers combine old world tradition with new ideas and the highest standards. To make innovative cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country.
2: Welcome back to Foment About It on Network.org. I'm here in the studio with with Rachel Jacob <laughs> our co host. How you doing, Rachel?
3: Uh I'm doing all right. I'm Throwing doing you all right. I know I've been very like quiet. Everybody is very talkative and uh, very interesting. Very
2: interesting. Uh, that plus we only have so many mics and I can
3: That's also true. But uh, <laughs> I actually I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh so it says on your website that you guys have sixteen beers on tap. Um that's a lot. Uh is that is that accurate?
6: That is accurate, yeah. Oh so uh it seems like now, you know, we've been open six months and we've been constantly turning out pilot batches and we're finally at the point where we have All of our taps full of different beers. So uh, Blake was talking earlier about our core lineup, the IPA, Hoppy Lager, Pilsner, Goza. Uh, But we also have a pretty extensive R&D program where we're just brewing kind of any sort of crazy idea that we come up with or, you know, maybe we either want to try to brew a spot on traditional Hellas or like a two and a half percent super hopped up session IPA. So we can kind of really play around with, you know, different ingredients and techniques and.
2: Mind you, when, when he says R&D program, you guys have a 30-barrel brew house. We do. And a five-barrel uh, uh, little, little system, right? Yeah, we five
6: have barrel? a five-barrel brew house Kay. as well. So we, we use at that. At five-barrel brew. At 5 barrels. <laughs> we didn't say a that lot, this segment yeah, to make sure we and, we're hammer, right? and we're with Fifth Hammer. And we're with Fifth Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: and, and there's, there's five people in the room. Who's the Fifth Hammer?
6: But we do use this five-barrel predominantly for beers that are available in our tasting room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you will see them once in a while. We'll, we'll sprinkle some out into the market just to, you know, see how the, the drinkers in New York city react to, uh, you know, one of our more adventurous or unique beers.
2: Mm-hmm. Speaking of adventurous and unique, uh, you know, you make your Gosa, you, you, uh, you, you, have a lot of these different beers. And one thing that we forget as homebrewers, uh, to, to utilize, or sometimes people think they're cheating. We don't use sugar very often, except for maybe I use them in Saison's, but, uh, um, you know, a lot of people use them in ales and other things. We did a collaboration the other day. Tell us a little about the collaboration that we did for the Class of 17.
6: Yep. So uh, the beer is called Class of 17, and we thought it would be a cool idea to get all of the breweries that opened up in 2017 over to our space, and we brewed a relatively hoppy pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of nice. Everyone that has opened in the past— uh, year has been incredibly busy, as you know. <laughs> um, so it, it was, yeah. you know, we were really appreciative that everybody could take a day, set it aside, and you know, be able to come up to our facility and you know, not only meet the other brewers that are just open in the past year, but also brew beer together.
2: And we all hope to be there. We're going to pregame for New York City Beer Week on mm. uh, February 22nd, there at your tap room for it.
6: Yeah, um, we're excited That's
2: about right. that. Um, yep. but uh, we sprinkled a little bit of sugar in there. Why, why'd we do that? We did
6: so, uh, <laughs> We use sugar all the time, actually, Dif- different types of sugar. And, you know, uh, in this beer in particular, we added some dextrose in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for most of the beers that we brew that tend to end up on the more bitter kind of scale of, of these hoppy beers, we put a little bit of dextrose in there to dry the beer out, bring that bitterness forward a little bit, get a little alcohol boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a underutilized tool Right. Um, that maybe harkens back to, you know. It might sound very like early 2000s, but for, but it, for those types of beers, I think it, it really brings forward the components of the beer that we want to be more noticeable.
2: Mm-hmm. Carl, you you like using sugar?
4: <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh,
6: I've been a, a big proponent of uh, Belgian candy
3: yeah, syrup that's what yes. for say. a
4: long time. Uh, 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 we, j- the- we actually just uh, packaged a beer with two types of Belgian candy syrup, uh, a dark and a light. And, oh, man, it was a lot of sugar. Nick, how much sugar were you pouring in there?
6: Uh, so in the Fibro batch, it was uh, right around 100 pounds of sugar, actually. Wow.
2: Okay. okay. Uh, which is what percentage of the grist on that one? It was a big beer, though, right? it, was so big, yeah, it was big, yeah. So is this big the quad,
6: Belgian quad, quad that you're talking about, it was, yeah, it's it's about, about? ten and a half percent. It was around 15% yeah. of the grist mm-hmm. by, 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 weight? by weight, yeah. yeah. Um, and
4: then the sugar added a lot of color. Yeah, quite um, yeah. you know, a bit and of color, that's, yeah. You know, people forget that not only does sugar add a... I mean, a alcohol component mm-hmm. but it can lend a you know a lot more in, in addition to color aroma and mouthfeel. and so you can't just it's sugar's not cheating yeah you have to choose com- your sugars yes. correctly yeah it's yeah. A, a component of complexity yes and,
6: and you talk about choosing your sugars correctly um, that's why we went and used two different types of sugar in this quad so we had our extra dark candy sugar Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't want to add too much of that because I feel like sometimes you get, like a little bit of an irony character to it. Yep. So we cut that 50 50 with just a, a clear Belgian candy syrup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we got the nice color those change. Are the, those we are got the syrups, <coughs> that are both of those. The candy syrups, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and then actually a couple of days ago we brewed a Belgian single with just some clear candy sugar in it. So we use sugar all the time. Yeah. Uh, cool. and, and depending on what you're trying to get out of it. So we talked about dextrose, where you're you're drying your beer out. We also brew some beers with lactose, that mm-hmm. is doing kind of the exact opposite. You're bringing the sweetness up a little bit. The mouth feel increases as well.
2: When you use lactose, what's your practice there? Do you use it? Where in the process? Oh, uh, we add it, it
6: in the kettle. Probably about 15 minutes left in the boil.
2: Mm-hmm. And I I asked it because my first time I've ever used lactose was yesterday for my birthday. I got myself a bunch of lactose for my birthday. You know, happy I, birthday. I, I say I say milk, nice sugar, but present, right? is milk sugar. it's Sexier than milk sugar. But uh. I didn't want to use it in the whole batch. A lot of homebrewers I've seen have used it at at packaging, um, and I basically wanted to split a batch up, and I I basically dissolved it and threw it into a batch before packaging. And I'm excited to see how this goes, but having never done it, we'll see. (laughs) Um, Also, by way of Belgian candy sugar or candy syrups, it's basically invert sugar, and you can make that at home yourself by squeezing a little bit of lemon or citric acid in it um, and some water and dissolving sugar and getting it up to 350 degrees. And you can get it to varying um, colors and, and make make your own, basically, I the thing. It's pretty, pretty fun to do and easy to do. The information is out there.
6: It smells great, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I used to make it myself when at 508 because I had access to the kitchen, but clearly on, on a 15-barrel scale, it doesn't make sense, and I don't have a kitchen.
6: Yeah, so. I mean, if you can make it at home, that's the way to do it because it is definitely not a cheap product to use. Right, absolutely. Hence why all these Belgian beers are so expensive. Right, but you can
2: use <laughs> cheap sugar to do it. Like, exactly. It's really just yep. table, just like that regular Domino sugar that you're throwing in there. Um, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> in your Gosa, what do you put in your Gosa? So Gosas have... Uh, alternate ingredients? Are you using coriander?
6: Oh, uh, so we are not using coriander, actually. Cool. Um, I'm not a huge fan of coriander in beer. Um, so we, we actually piloted this beer quite a bit. Um, we started out using... The Grispo has always been the same. It's pretty much 50-50 Wheat, and malt. Wheat Pills or Malt. And uh, we started out using pure lacto-cultures and found that we were getting the beer really tart, but uh, the tarnished was also kind of too clean if that mm-hmm. makes any sense so sure. uh, it almost had like a cidery component to it um, so we then did a couple of batches using yogurt as mm-hmm. a, a source of the bacteria and they came out um, you know as far as we were concerned a little more uh, with the profile that we wanted so
2: were you uh, straining the whey and using it, or you're throwing the whole we're the
6: just throwing thing. the whole thing awesome in we tried yeah, making starters that. and yeah, w- sure. when it gets to especially scaling it up to the big system we're like oh man that's just that's just so much work. Like, just dump it in, and uh, it takes about thirty six hours to get down to the pH that we want, which is like three two three three, and uh, pre-acidifying. Pre-acidify, you know? yeah, prior to four point five. Okay. In the kettle, then add the uh, the yogurt in, and we actually uh, bubble C up two C O two up through our kettle just to keep it anaerobic and make sure there's no sure nasty's grown in there before we boil it.
2: You're bubbling it through the liquid throughout the time your kettle's souring? Yep,
6: yes. Yeah, so we mm-hmm. hook up to the, the drain in our kettle, and at like two or three PSI, just bubble it up there the entire time. We don't have a way to completely seal off our kettle.
2: Right, to so make sure there's a blanket, and even the, even though some's escaping. Yep, exactly. Because your ceilings are really high. Is there access to the roof? There is. <laughs> so this is Carl the man, man talks just, about our ceiling. Now. You need to be part Spider-Man to get
4: up there, but it can be done. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, uh, you know, when I've done kettle scours at uh, Fifth Hammer, I'm, I haven't done any in the cold, cold winter, but I basically take a ladder to the front, and I've got 17-foot ceilings, so I'm taking a ladder, and I'm scared of heights as <laughs> it is. I can hardly dry hop without freaking out. Um, but, yeah, I haven't done a winter one yet. Yeah, We actually just did a
5: Hazy Stupid Love, too, with lactose, right? That, yeah, that is yeah. some telling yeah. Tell some us about trigger. Hazy Stupid Love. What well, did... R- Ryan Bedford, our taproom manager, came up with the name, so yeah, that's <laughs> his
6: credit due there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Is your New England style IPA?
6: Yeah, you you could say that. It's our our hazy, not bitter uh, IPA that we Mm -hmm. brewed on, the the five barrel. So uh, we've been using, we've done a couple of these hazy beers in the past, and we were bringing in uh, separate yeast pitches for them, most of the time like a a London ale yeast. Mm -hmm. Um, And we thought it would be a cool experiment because a lot of times these, these British ale yeast end up with a little bit more sweetness. They don't attenuate quite as much. Right. So we said, "Hey, let's try to mimic what you get out of these British ale yeasts by using our our house ale yeast, which is kind of your standard West Coast um, ale strain, mm-hmm. and uh, add some lactose in to kind of bring the sweetness up a little bit, add some more body." So we brewed a you know a, a Northeast style IPA, but with cow ale and some lactose, and we were really happy with the results. It's delicious. Um, yeah. Thank you. I had Thank it for you. breakfast the other day yeah. while, <laughs> while collaborating with you guys. Yeah. So I those mean, were, i mean, watching you brew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and those hops were all in the whirlpool and kind of you know followed the techniques that people are using to a tea and we're definitely happy with the results.
4: Yeah, year to date, that's been the fastest keg kicked in our really? tasting. Yeah. yeah.
6: I think that the fruited Goza's did pretty well,
5: too, especially closer to summer. So we take the base Goza, too, and Nick, well, we did like a raspberry Goza, pineapple, mango, and then we got cherry plum on now, so it's pretty exciting. You guys are not
2: self-distributing, correct? Correct, yeah. You guys are with uh, with uh, with our friends at Ski. Yeah. Um, and uh, are you guys currently just in the five boroughs? You guys extend beyond?
5: Yeah, I think that was a big thing for us was, um, I, more importantly, just kind of looking at where the market's going. I, I think it's... For us, it was, and you look at New York City just in and of itself, it's, you know, million people, you're getting 50 million tourists a year, there's 20,000 plus retail accounts, and it was kind of the view of like, wow, like, I think we have some work to do here just in New York City, it's, it's, New York City is kind of like an anomaly marketplace you know it, there's so much room for growth I think there's room for more breweries here in New York City uh, which is an exciting prospect too um, and a far
2: cry from when Carl started exactly Yeah. Kind of the, the, the the mindset has, has shifted and the yeah, appreciation I think there was growth. kind
5: of that like Midas touch period back in like 2010 to 2012 these massive year over year growth rates where people are just kind of a lot of local breweries were evolving into regional breweries I think at that point in time and I think now it's kind of there is some you know it's not necessarily the most appealing horizon you know um so i think for us that that really cool concept to be a hyper local brewery but also a large production facility you can't really do that anywhere else other than new york city um i think it was also too just given our concept you know um we want to be able to make sure that um we're able to give each borough some love you know and get out there and get to events and meet drinkers from all over the city and uh, it's a lot of territory. It's a lot of people. So yes. we've got our work cut out for us. So I think for, for the near term, we're um, um, definitely staying in the five boroughs. We launched uh, Queens and Staten Island the first week of December. So we kind of did like a methodical um, kind of borough by borough, you know, sections of boroughs rollout um, to make sure we weren't getting over our skis. And um, so now full, full five borough footprint, and uh, we'll see where the year takes us.
2: It's pretty awesome. There's not many, uh, well, there's like there's no other brewery really at sunset park except for uh, at this point making making any beer in sunset park yeah well you had, uh, you had uh you had
5: Ortega. Oh, we have Ortega um in lineup at industry city yeah uh, I think
2: they just moved or they're they're, yeah. they're currently producing right there and yeah, there's some change ups going on um Throughout that, yeah. yeah. Throughout
5: that area. So, I mean, it was appealing for us. I mean, really for us. I mean, we looked all over the city. We, we looked in the Bronx. We looked out in Bushwick. looked in Sunset Park. And obviously, you know, at the end, given, given the size of the space and the ceiling height and just, it was an old steel fabrication plant, uh, made sense. So, uh, but it has been nice because we've... we've seen people coming down kind of from uh, the Gowanus collective, you know the yeah. other halfs the Folkspears, uh, the stronger up the threes and, and that 's what 's really exciting is people are kind of making their way down to an area where um, there's not a lot of obviously breweries and not necessarily a lot of places to to kind of drink and go out either, so that 's been a really exciting to become us. a destination, yeah, and do that
2: yeah and you guys have a really nice stage set sort of under, above your bathrooms uh, yeah, like uh, co
5: founder Kevin kind of took the the lead on that, and uh, we do have some uh, some musicians on our team <laughs> we're going next All so, right. so.
4: we're going to break out the jaw harp <laughs>
5: <Yes>. <laughs> so, our, our sales rep Brian Lucrezia is part of the American Sankey's uh, so uh, and then, nice uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah and then uh, Chris and then Carl play the drums so
2: you guys are both drummers you only have one drum set though who gets you weren't there this weekend <laughs>
6: yeah. another one appeared overnight I, <laughs> I think we have three drum sets actually three right. drum sets yeah. now <laughs> yeah and bongos <laughs> and
2: bongos All Right. yeah yeah I have a full backline but like for some reason two drum sets at, at Fifth Hammer but I don't play drums I just have them for my people to show up and you got the piano too I do have yeah full, yeah piano. yeah so but I, you know, we play straight ahead jazz, you know, yeah. it is. That's the <laughs> I do want to take, and I, I will, I will do this. I will, I will, uh, I will ask this outright, right here. Home positions want to tour New York city city's breweries and we want a gig. Um, we, we the, the fee is very simple, very easy. It's $2,000 per man per hour or free beer. So, uh, whatever, whatever sounds good to you. Free beer sounds <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we will be playing at the Fermentation Festival, which is going to be the first weekend of New York City Beer Week on that Saturday at the Brooklyn Expo. If you go to nycfermfest.com, you can get more information about that. But we'll be celebrating all things fermented uh, from sauerkraut, kimchi, water, kefir, milk, kefir, kombucha, pickles, uh, you name it. We're d- Vinegar, cheese, bread, Rachel, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the prelude for the evening festival where New York City is is like having our kind of grand old opening bash. We got 60 breweries under one roof um, and a lot of people from out of town. So we're celebrating kind of the community that that, the hub that we are and and all of the New York City breweries. Very fucking excited about that. Um, And uh, I'm excited. Do you guys know what you guys are bringing to that festival yet? That's far away. We have some it?
5: ideas. Uh, we're definitely going to, since we're canning class of 2017, too, we're going you know, to bring some of the cans, too. Um, but Nick is currently curating his list.
6: Yeah, we'll probably bring something <laughs> weird, <laughs> along with uh, you know, some of the more standard styles.
2: Yeah. I, I know better than to ask that question, because every time someone asks me that question, I say, Brutus, you're light, and Brutus, you're dark. <laughs> 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 I should bring the same thing every festival. <laughs>
4: We were talking about it on the ride over in the car, yeah. and it's like, oh, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Oh no, that sounds like a good idea too. <laughs> yeah, I have so, a feeling it'll probably be a spur of the moment kind of decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But whatever it is, people are bringing their their, their good foot forward yeah. on that one, and it's worth buying the tickets. You can go to uh, NYC Brewed uh, to find out all the information about the New York City Beer Week. Um, and this is this has been a word from our sponsor. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's pretty amazing too. So we, the last year's editions, this uh, class of seventeen includes, uh, if I can remember them all, uh, what's the name of your brewery again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, five boroughs, Fifth Hammer, Killsborough, Island to Island, uh, Wartega, Lineup,
5: Randolph,
2: circa. Randolph, and, and circa. circa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing for one year's one year's growth for our city, which has which only five years ago only had six six breweries, um, and uh, just commend you guys for
4: it. I'm pretty sure you would have to dig through the records prior to prohibition yeah. to find a year where seven breweries opened in one in year. In one year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, I I would, wouldn't be surprised sure. if it's the only time I, in New York City history yeah. that's happened.
5: I, I'm hoping we can pass the tradition along too. I mean really uh, seven more next year? Yeah well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and but at it. least can keep the collaboration alive because oh, I yeah. not only think it was a great opportunity to kind of for everyone to come together and maybe meet people who they haven't met before, but I, I think it's just to, to to kind of celebrate all the progress that we're continuing to make in New York City. Um, I mean, really got to give credit to Sean Torres at Killsborough too, I mean, we were, um Probably more beers deep than we should have been <laughs> at Blocktoberfest, and this is kind of how the whole conversation stemmed. And yeah. Sean was like, "I'm a fan of classes," and I was like, "I don't know what that means." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then that's kind of how it blossomed. I can't understand it. you, I was man. Like, Sean.
3: Uh,
5: uh, so it, one thing kind of led to another, and then uh, kicked it off kind of in December, and uh, it's exciting. I think this is really cool.
2: So it is. Yeah. It is indeed. What do you guys uh, see for what's, what? So the, the taproom itself is finding its own growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are kind of growing, and, and uh, you guys are getting more accounts. Um, there's no theme. I appreciate you guys also because uh, there's, there's not, it's not like you're focusing on Belgium. I mean, there's good beer and the other kind, and you guys are just going forward with, with the wins. But if, I'm answering my own question about you guys for <laughs> you guys. But, <laughs> but I was going to say, do you have any, any things that you're excited about? Well, first of all, this quad... Yeah. I, I think we, well, should, open it I up. Think I we should pour things. that. Yeah. We were talking about these. That's what I meant. I'm thirsty. Yeah. percent. So just we'll, we'll take it. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> so it's a breakfast beer. Exactly. Yeah.
5: I like your thinking. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I mean, this is a, an extreme, extremely different from most of the things in your tap, tap room. Uh, you tend, to, from what I've noticed, of your beers, they're all extremely drinkable, uh, extremely quaffable. I'm. Thank you. Yeah, you know, every sip, I wanted other sip. You know. Uh, but this... I haven't had this one yet, so I reserved it Hi, uh, yeah. Where's your glass? <laughs> Rachel's <laughs> looking for a glass. Let's, we we <laughs> left a you out, Rachel. I'm <laughs> just
4: going to have to drink the, from the growler. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it happen. Uh, just maybe not
6: immediately.
2: Um, is there a style that's off-limits? So you guys have barrels, though, too. and Are you guys getting funky?
6: We do, yeah. We're getting funky. So, uh, <clears throat> actually, before we even started brewing beer for distribution, we... Um, we have a great relationship with uh, Beneducci Vineyards out in New Jersey. Um, he had some empty wine barrels, so we, we brought some of them over and brewed some Cezanne. Threw them in the barrels with uh, some PDO, some Brett, a little bit of lacto, and they're just kind of mellowing out. They're about six months old now. Uh, we did the first tasting a couple weeks ago, and they're a little young, but tasting clean so far, so we're excited to see where where they'll go. But there's there's really no style that's ever been... Off limits. I mean, I think even in the six months we've been open, we've probably brewed close to maybe even thirty yeah. different, different styles. styles of beer. There's awesome. some some pretty awesome. healthy debates in Monday
5: morning meetings. Yeah, but it always know. you know it's, it, we really I think it, I think a big thing from the start was kind of showing a, a good a good breadth of styles. Yeah, um, so uh, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah.
6: It, it's nice in that I think all of the members of our team each have uh, varying tastes. So there's you know a healthy portion of us who are diehard. German and Czech lager drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another contingent of like, you know, hazy, hoppy beers and... Not Ryan Bedford here. You know, no, <laughs> he was, he, he yeah. was very solidly in that first camp. <laughs> 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 um, but, you know, I, th- I think we are especially proud of, of some of the traditional continental lagers that we've been putting out. So um, just to date, you know, our, our Pilsners year-round, uh, we brew our Hellas. Uh, we've done a Schwartz beer, and then fermenting our way right now, we have a Mybox. So
2: okay.
6: it seems like every, you know, every month or two, we have a different, you know, lager style that we're testing out in the thirty barrel for distribution all over the city.
2: So, as as home brewers, we're always worried about uh, cross contamination. Um, first of all, thank you for letting me engage in corporate. Ask- I mean, th- uh, uh, <laughs> uh, harnessing wisdom here in front of a, an audience. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you guys using different stuff when you're using pdo and and brett um do you have separate uh, hoses for said things so the way the
6: way that we approached it is we brewed our saison base fermented it out in steel with uh dupont strain saison and then transferred into barrels which is where we dose the bugs okay so we haven't had any issues with you know crossing hoses or anything yet once we go to rack out of the barrels um we will probably go with uh disposable tubing Gotcha. To do that, just yeah. and then you know after we're done racking, just throw it out because we don't just don't want, want, it don't want, it want to mess with that whatsoever. Don't want it around. I like you know, it. It scares and, uh, the daylights out of me, especially <sighs> considering all the loggers that we're making. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. We actually, yeah. did a barrel fermented logger too.
2: So
6: yeah, yeah. another yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah.
2: Alice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that Alice? Yeah. And we did no, an
4: adjunct logger with uh, New York State grits. Our uh, strong Oh yeah. See,
6: there's excellent beer.
4: It's called Heritage yeah
6: Awesome. I think everybody burned themselves that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we did a cereal mash with corn grits. Uh, we had our home our homebrew system rolled out, and we had the three burners going on high, and we were stirring these grits. And I think everybody got splashed at least once. <laughs> I love it. You know, got a battle scar that day.
2: Uh, that's our show. No. Uh, Just about. Are there any events (laughs) that you guys are excited to be be rolling out for Beer Week, or or before or after, or what about the tap room? Uh, Is there anything happening in the tap room? We do uh, have the the
5: collaboration release party, which is really exciting. The twenty second, February twenty second, Thursday, February
2: twenty second. Yep. Basically, it's going to go on tap, and we're going to yeah cans there
5: too. So cans and draft throughout the city. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out, Uh, Nick's. Fiance actually did the label illustration oh, yes. so. You let the cat out of the bag.
2: Oh, I know. <laughs> yes. so I thought it was gonna be a picture of my class my seventeen year old. I know we tried to do self. the throwback pictures, yeah. but we ran into some
5: some legal issues. There wasn't room for my mullet. I had way too much hair back <laughs> yeah. then.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Somehow um, you had your Yearbook pictures, like ready. <laughs> uh, so yeah,
5: uh, yeah, it's exciting. So all of that, uh, and then you have some more. Ta- we're having an acoustic night in the tap room coming up, so we're really trying to. do um, We've been doing so many external events, um, and you know, to, trying to kind of grow the tap room as well. So getting yeah. some live music in there. We had like an empanada pop up for Super Bowl, um, and, and it's nice because it's it's uh, starting to not only turn into to more of a neighborhood spot, but also kind of a, a family spot as well. And that's. Kind of a really special thing to that's see. Great.
2: We're about to roll out before the beer week uh, starts as well. A drink from the source map of, of New York City. Awesome. That's going to be on the site, and then certainly include your tabware. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do a big old printout too at the festivals around. Awesome, for what it's
3: worth. Awesome. And uh, where can we find you on the internet and social media?
5: Uh, so it's f-i-v-e-b-o-r-o-u-g-h-s F I V E B O R O U G H S.com. Um, our name's super long, so our social media differs. Um, five Burrows Brewing on Instagram, Five Brewing Co. on Untapped and Facebook, and Five Burrows on Twitter.
3: You got five. How did you get five burrows on a Twitter? R- <laughs> that's a
5: story for another podcast.
3: <laughs> 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 well, I'm impressed. <laughs>
2: I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to From "Man About it. Again, we're in the studio uh, with Blake. Last name always. Tom. It's fine. It's, 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 it's complicated. Well. <laughs> it's not really. gonna say it three times. <laughs> Five Tommets. 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 Carl <laughs> <laughs> Knoop. 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 Nick Griffin, Griffith. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Man About It." <laughs>